What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Penn State football fans, Blue White Breakdown time in August. It's August 1st. I'm Bob Flounders. Johnny McGonigal uh, with me here. Penn State's practices are set to begin. It's supposed to be August 2nd. We're taping it on August 1st, Tuesday. Johnny, we just spent some time in Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days. Got to talk to some Penn State players, James Franklin, some other schools about Penn State. But uh, I get, let's just start with uh, – I haven't talked to you in a while. It's it's uh, The, the offseason's over, man. It, it's officially over. And uh, we, could, we could talk about what we learned in Indianapolis. But the bigger news, really, for the Penn State fans – is that it practice is officially going to start this week. And, man, just judging by how people are talking about Penn State out in Indianapolis, there's a lot of people that know Penn State has a chance to be really good. Yeah, for sure, Bob. No, I mean, we got a, we got a preview training camp, preseason camp. It's here. Um, this is what, uh, you know, from spring ball to the portal, both portal windows, one in the winter, one in the, one in the spring. Uh, in a lot of ways, this is what, you know, James Franklin and his coaching staff have built up to. Uh, this point to to get to training camp where you're a month away from the season, a season that, like you mentioned, a lot of people have a lot of high hopes for and rightfully so, understandably so, uh, opening the season with West Virginia and, and having a pretty favorable run in before you have to go against Ohio State and then later in the season, Michigan. And yeah, this is this is kind of what it comes down to over the next few weeks here. Uh, final preparations, final position battles, you know, two deeps are going to be set. You know, and, and not that they're not going to change as the season goes, but performance is going to dictate some things. But, you know, jobs are won and lost in training camp. Uh, and so we're going to see over the next few weeks here uh, how we, we know how most positions, I think, are, are kind of set up right now for Penn State. But uh, we're, we're going to we're going to find some clarity across across the two deep across both sides of the ball. Yeah. So Penn State's set to begin practice. You know, James Franklin, you can just tell. Look, he knows he knows they have to beat Ohio State. He knows they have to beat Michigan. He knows the record is not good. Close doesn't count. But just listening to him at the podium, uh, you know, for that 15-minute talk before he met with reporters afterwards, you know, what struck me is he, he is quietly confident, even though he's breaking in a new quarterback. The phrase, I believe, paraphrasing it, was less less questions than normal, and that is – you know, that's kind of code for they feel pretty good about this team if they could stay healthy. Coming out of August, I think the schedule actually uh, sets up pretty favorably for them to develop some young players early. There's going to be a big test in week three. But I, I just think when you talk about August and the, and, and the camp battles, they do have some decisions to make. But I do think the fact that they're good, they've committed to playing all their best players, even Johnny, if they don't start, I think the guys that maybe lose out on some of these bottles, uh, battles are going to see a lot of snaps uh, right from the get-go. I think, to me, a couple of things. I think it's just it, it's a big camp for the guys that didn't work in spring. So we're talking about the true freshmen, 
that have a lot of talent. How do they fit in? Will they fit in? Will Penn State play them? Have you know? Will, will there be enough reps to play some of these guys? And also, um, you know, let's let's not let's not uh, mince words. I think Dante Cephas. I think um, even though he joined the team in the spring, he had, he didn't. He didn't really practice in April. He couldn't practice in April. He was like Kent State. So I think they need to see him in pads. They need to see how he kind of fits in. They need to see him go against Penn State's defense. Um, those are some of the things I'm looking forward to. I'm sure you've got a long laundry list as well. But I don't. I can't remember being this excited uh, about a Penn State uh, season. You know, because I think 2016 it snuck up on me, especially when they started. With a with with the loss at Pitt and then the getting blown out at Michigan, you know maybe 2017 was probably the last time, and a little bit 2019. But I still think the talent on this team, top to bottom, is as good or maybe potentially better than those teams. Yeah, and just building off one thing you mentioned there with you know, the new faces that they have, new being in quotation marks, because some of these guys have been here since May or June. You know, the, the players who didn't take part during spring camp, you know, the Dante Cephas of the world who, you know, he could very well be their number one or two wide receiver this season. Uh, he needs to come in and, and build a rapport. And, uh, you know, at, at wide out, you've got like a guy like Trey Potts uh, running back from Minnesota uh, who transferred over, seemingly going to be the third guy behind Nick Singleton and Cajun Allen, but uh, you'd still like for him to get established. Uh, you've got freshmen coming in Andrew, who came in, Angel Rappel, yeah, the, the tight end, you know, King Mack, uh, the defensive back. You've got, you know, Alonzo Ford transferring in from Old Dominion. There's a handful of new faces that you want to see how they perform during training camp. Uh, and then you want to see, obviously, the, the guys who have been here already. You, you, uh, you know, you're in a competition phase at quarterback, right, Bob? Uh, which... You know, we, we kind of all know where that's going to end uh, whenever it is, uh, whenever it does get announced that Drew Aller is going to be the quarterback. But I, I guess they, they still want to see something more from him. Uh, if anything, it's more so about just I mentioned Dante Cephas. It's like building a rapport with some of these guys and making sure that, you know, if you're Drew Aller, that you're on the same page with Cephas and Harrison Wallace, the third and you know, Keandre Lambert Smith, Amari Evans. So that's going to be an important thing uh, you know, to keep an eye on and, and to ask players about and ask these wideouts, especially about, you know, how that is developing uh, as the next few weeks go. Because, you know, once a season starts, you, know, you hit the ground running. Now, granted, it's a, it's a favorable schedule to open up. And I don't think Drew, I don't think Drew is going to have to go ahead and throw it 50 times to win a game in the first five, six weeks of the year. Um, but you never know. So, but yeah, Drew Aller, you know, that's, that's always a big, uh, always a big point of interest Bob it is it is and uh if things play out play out the way they should if if the team stays healthy in August then yeah they might have to make a couple of interesting decisions uh, but I'm sure they're going to manage it and the way that they play a lot of bodies on defense that they won't hesitate to play a lot of receivers if they like them they need to find a third end, a third tight end they can trust. All that stuff. They need to find out a little bit more, I think, about Bo Prabula. But I think the beauty of this season is that if it goes the way the start goes the way it should, I don't want to say August is extended into the first two weeks of the season because that's disrespectful to West Virginia. But that is not a good defensive team. They are coming to Beaver Stadium for a night game in prime time. It's it's not it's that's set up well for the Mountaineers after the season they had. And then they get to get 
they get Delaware at home the following week. So they have some time to not only in August to look at some players, but they can get some guys that are just kind of, they're not really sure about in, you know, they can get them into games. I think the first two games comfortably, whether it's Bo Prabula, whether it's, you know, whether it's Dante Cephas, whether it's to take a look at King Mac, whether it's, it's, it's the guys they didn't really get to see. Uh, can they get some extended reps to somebody like Tony Rojas uh, during those games? Because, you know, I, I just feel like the season for me starts when they go to Illinois, uh, the third week in the season. Um, they are going to be a prohibitive favorite against West Virginia, and Delaware is just a game where they can they can do what they want. So I just think this season with this this kind of talent, it sets up well for them, and they can they can kind of take their time and get it right and get all their ducks in a row. Because I think just looking at what Illinois has coming back, even though they lost some good players, that's a good coach. They're a well coached team. That will not be an easy game. But yeah, Johnny, I think I think the, the the battles in camp will be interesting, but I just feel like whoever isn't the starting right tackle is still gonna play a lot. Whoever, you know, whoever the safeties are that don't start opposite Keaton Ellis are gonna play a ton. They're gonna play a lot of corners. They gotta find out about all of their defensive tackles and what they can do. Um, if anything, they might they might not want to kind of just take it easy with some of their their younger, more established players, right? And then just kind of just kind of let them kind of get comfortable because I just I just feel like this is this is the way the season's going to play out. I don't know about you. Um, I have a couple of things I'm really interested in in for August about James and how he's going to manage things. But what what strikes you most about? Uh, some of the decisions and maybe some of the evaluations and some of the questions that they kind of need to answer before they get to West Virginia. Yeah, it's you know, the, the first thing that just popped into my mind was right tackle. But I don't know if you necessarily even need that answered by the West Virginia game, because you know, this battle between Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton, you know, a fifth year senior and a true sophomore. Caden has played a lot of ball, 27 starts. Drew came in last year, filled in for Olu, played well. I don't know if you, like, in an ideal world, you would have a clear starter and backup there. But given you know, West Virginia, like you said, defensively, they're not very good. I mean, they could, get, they could get by with, you know, probably the third string right tackle out there if they really wanted. So I don't know if you necessarily need that answered. One thing I would say is something super under the radar. Uh, but something worth mentioning is is special teams um, because at this point they're they're replacing their kicker punter and uh, and long snapper. Now they already have Duzanski lined up to be their long snapper, but at, at place kicker you got Alex Falcons and uh, and Sanders Sahadak that's going to be competing there. Alex Pachetta and uh, Riley Thompson, the FAU transfer, competing at punter. Those are those are positions that you don't really want to mess around with. It's just like all right, let's get our guy. You know, build build them through the season and let them go. Uh, I'm sure special teams isn't the answer that you were really looking for, Bob. But I think that's one really low key thing that uh, that they need to get really sorted out in training camp because you don't want to be flipping between kickers, you know, in season. Like if you if you can have a guy early and just ride him out, that that's the way you should do it. Oh, I was going to bring that up. If you didn't, I think that the punting game was really solid. I thought last year, and it, it's 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 kind of been a given. The last couple of years with with Barney and Jordan, and you know, that is not a normal occurrence. They're they're you know, you're not always going to have a guy with that averages 45 yards a kick 
and the return game gets eliminated. It's it's not always going to be that way. And I think that hunting and place kicking is something that I think James is really going to pay very close attention to in August because those are probably the positions that maybe are going to be a little bit more difficult. I could see a world where, hey, if Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton are both completely healthy, you know, coming out of August, given who they have to start the year, unless one just completely takes a huge step forward and looks like, you know, because they're going against some pretty good defensive ends, right? So it could be rough August practice sessions for all of the offensive tackles. But if one does a great job, then I think maybe they James steps out. But I, I could just see him saying, look, we feel like we got three starters at tackle and we're just going to go into that season with that mindset. Olu set on the left side. And we'll make the decision, you know, in practice that game week, who's going to get the start, but everyone's going to play. I could totally, I could totally see them, Johnny, doing that. This is the Blue White Breakdown. One position that I have a little bit of curiosity about uh, is tight end because Brenton Strange is go- is gone. I thought he was their most complete tight end last year. Goes to the second round, and Jacksonville boy, that was a great story. Him and Juice Scruggs to, to land in the second round after you know going into the 2022 season. I thought great stories, right? Theo Johnson uh, is a guy they're counting on. He's had some health issues. He had an off the field issue. Tyler Warren, I thought played well down the stretch. Theo played well, but they really do like those two uh, tight end sets, right? And 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 in some in some in some capacity, the T formation with three tight ends. So if if either one of those guys would get dinged up, I think that is something I think James is going to have to be wary of until they feel really really good about a third and possibly a fourth tight end. I know that he really uh, sung the praises of Khalil Dinkins, but he did say maybe not to start the year, but maybe. You know, in October, he could be a guy that could be dangerous, but they still got to get through September. They still got to play at Illinois. I think the top two tight ends they feel great about, but the way they use their tight ends, um, I don't think they can afford to have either one of those guys get dinged up going into the season because they really do like to use multiple tight end sets. Yeah, I agree there. You know, we we heard that James Franklin, like you mentioned, singing Lil Dinkins praises out. At, at, you know, Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. Um, another thing that he mentioned out at Lucas Oil Stadium, and I asked him about the wide receivers, and it was interesting, a slight shift, or a, like a, he, he opened it up a little bit, because after the blue-white game, and when he was talking about the wide receivers, he said, we need to find a third receiver, because they already feel good with Keandre Lambert-Smith and Harrison Wallace, the way that those two separated themselves in spring camp. So after the blue-white game, James Franklin says, we need a third wide receiver. Well, out at Big Ten Media Days, he said it's not just us needing a third wide receiver. We need a we need a two deep, and so essentially they need that third wide receiver, but they also need three more guys to be pushing the the top three and to be constantly fighting for snaps and reps and targets. And he feels like he is a group of guys that are in that competition phase, if you will. Dante Cephas being one of them, you know, Amari Evans uh, started the spring game alongside, you know, Keandre and Harrison. Uh, you've got Caden Saunders that could push for time. Malik Mega, uh, Liam Clifford uh, might be getting a little overlooked here. James Franklin uh, had, had you know, complimented him back in June, talking about his intellect and how he knows the offense and everything. So that's a group to, to keep an eye on, right? Like there's, what, six guys there, five or six guys there? 
that could really emerge as a guy who maybe maybe catches 30 balls for this team this year. And uh, we don't we might not know who that player is yet, but we could by the end of training camp. And I think that's what's really interesting about these next few weeks is that, yeah, we know that Keandre Lambert Smith and Harrison Wallace and probably Dante Cephas are going to have big roles on this team and in this offense. But, you know, is it going to be Caden Saunders or Liam Clifford or you know whoever that uh, maybe emerges as that fourth or fifth guy. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think the fan base would agree with this, even though James sounded s- surprisingly confident, but, and also, uh, you know, talking to Adisa Isaac out at a big 10 media days, if you ask them about a position group and you're kind of curious about, you know, how they, they're always, they're always gonna, they're always going to err on the side of confidence. And I understand that, but to me, I'm still, I'm still not going to be completely sold on the defensive tackle room for at least half a season because of you know they don't they're not I don't know that they're really going to need them early. They're going to need them at Illinois for sure. You know, but when they go to Northwestern, that's not really uh, that's not really a question uh, much anymore. Unfortunately, for for some horrific off the field issues, but I I just you know you lose PJ Mustafer, Hakeem Beeman's supposed to be 285 pounds. Uh, there's guys doing great work in the weight room. Not a lot was heard or said uh, or seen from Keziah Izzard. I know Devon Ellis was a guy that got uh, some praise, I think, early in the summer. But they are not. I mean, you look at that position and you look at eventually what they're going to face in the Big Ten. And it's it, it's great to have the linebackers. It's great to have the defensive ends. It's great to have the secondary but it, in, a, in a game where Penn State, may, maybe the offense starts slow or turns the ball over and they somehow find themselves down by 10 uh, late in the first half or in the, or in the second half, do they have the defensive tackles to get off the field against a good running game? Because it, they make everything else possible, I think, for the linebackers. And that is a position group. I'll be curious to see what James says about the tackles late in August, uh, how they've progressed. I know that he likes their depth, but... It does not. I don't know that they have a guy. I don't know if I could say Hakeem Beeman could be that guy as as big of a step forward as he took uh, in 2022. Is he ready to be a guy that that can be a guy uh, offenses have to game plan for? I'm not sure if they're there yet. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think they're there yet. I think they might not be there after these three weeks, these four weeks of, of training camp. And we might not know if Penn State's defensive tackles are ready until they're actually faced with the test of Michigan on November 11th at noon at Beaver Stadium. Like, we might not know really until then. I mean, you talk about yeah, Illinois and, you know, they, they play Iowa the following week, the whiteout game, and you would think that they would try to run the ball a little bit, just that, that mentality from Iowa. But, I mean, I mean, you have some good running backs at, at Ohio State, and, and they'll be tested then, but – you know, just the way that I still go back to that game last year that they just got ran all over. I mean, it's one of those where they really like they have to have that game circled on November 11th against Michigan. And so uh, I'm sure it is for Hakeem Beeman and for, you know, Devon and uh, Kaziah Izzard. I, I do think that Zane Durant is in for a jump this season. Uh, we saw flashes of what he could be last year. Uh, and I think that they have a really good player in saying now whether or not he makes that big jump this year or next year, uh, we'll have to see. But 
Um, I think I think Zane Durant's a, a damn good player, and, and and we could see that start to really emerge. We you know we saw a flash, but we could see more see it more consistently this season. But is that going to be enough uh, to to strike fear in an offensive coordinator uh, as opposed to just running it right up the gut every single time? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but I do think defensive tackle is an obvious like defensive tackle, wide receiver, special teams. I feel like are the three primary points of it in terms of positions, not not counting quarterback, that we have to t- you know keep an eye on not only in August and right tackle as well, not only in August but you know as the season kind of gets going. Johnny, let's circle back to our time in Indianapolis. It was it was a hot week out there. It was a hot week everywhere. I mean, it felt like it was about 150. Lucas Oil Stadium, you know, two days. Uh, it was Wednesday and Thursday. I'll just share a couple of my just quick thoughts as we wrap up this blue-white breakdown here. Time flies. Uh, you know, I was it was interesting just to see the Penn State connection in the media, right? Because NBC is going to be covering the first game against West Virginia. Former Penn State quarterback Todd Blackledge is going to be the lead analyst uh, for, for their coverage. He'll be in the booth. Uh, and in the studio, Michael Robinson, the quarterback of the 05 team, is going to be a uh, Penn State team is going to be in the studio. He was excited. I got a chance to talk to him, you know, about, about the team, about, you know, what he's looking forward to this year. And uh, he did, he did go out of his way to say, you know, he did get a chance to look at Drew Aller a little bit last year. He does think that this is, if, if, if I think Penn state's plan is going to be, they're not going to ask him to win many games unless they absolutely have to, because they, they have the talent, they have the depth, they have the balance, they have a defense that should be stingy. So, um, they can break them in slowly if they want to break them in slowly. And by the time the, the the games really start to count, whether it is at Illinois, whether it is the Iowa game, uh, whether and obviously whether it's Ohio State and Michigan, um, you know, he did play last year. He feels good about where they are. The other thing I just have to say that I was just struck, like you watched, I watched him on the field last year. I watched him on TV. I'm not talking about a Penn State player. I am. I was awestruck by how big Marvin Harrison Jr. is. Just how big. You you looked at him at the podium. You saw him walking up to and back. He is he is a guy that can move, but he is gigantic. I don't know how you cover that guy. I don't care how many bodies you have. It's you know he if he's even if you do manage to cover him, he's like six four. He can jump. He doesn't drop any. I don't think he dropped a pass last year. I I'm curious to see how he fits in with a new quarterback. Because I think Ohio State's facing some things, but he is man. If it was me, I don't. I don't know how you don't take him with the number one pick in the draft. Now, I know you're not supposed to do that with wideouts, but wow, he doesn't look like any wideout I've seen coming in college, like ever. Maybe, maybe, maybe Megatron, but that's about it. Yeah, well, from one potential number one pick to another, one thing that kind of stood out to me from Big Ten Media Days was. During the player portion, I spent a lot of time with Olu uh, Fashanu, and you know, just listening to every, obviously, you get some questions in there that like you don't really, really care about. You know, there's some guy walking around asking everyone about gambling, sports gambling, like what are we doing here? Uh, but you know, I was able to ask Olu a bunch about you know not not only last season and his emergence last year, becoming an NFL draft prospect pretty much overnight, but um, you know, his early beginnings at Penn State when he came in as a 16-year-old freshman and, you know, he was going up against Shaka Tony and Adafa Owe and, you know, him getting flattened, you know, thrown across the field by Brandon Smith. 
uh, and and that kind of welcome to college football moment and just how much he's kind of learned about himself over the last few years. I mean, he was on the developmental squad as a freshman, didn't see the field, uh, read, you know, and, and was back up as a sophomore. Uh, and so for him to kind of make this jump this quick, he understands what it's, you know, took him to, to get to this point. Uh, and he's confident in what he's got now. He was, he, he admitted to a little self-doubt, you know, last year, even as his profile was beginning to rise. But I wrote about him last week and said, uh, live readers, go ahead and give that a give that a go if, if you haven't already. Olu's a great kid and a uh, really cool story. He is. Really carries himself well. Hum- he seems humble, uh, you know, confident. You know, he's not a guy that likes to talk about himself. But everyone else, whether it's Penn State, you know, defensive players, his offensive linemen, his his, you know, the guys that that he he opens holes for, or players on other teams. You talk to him out of the comp. This guy just is just seems like cross your fingers if he in, if he's in good health. I mean, he he really is a, a special player, and it's it's just neat to see it happen at Penn State after years and years of frustration where they just couldn't get. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't field an offensive line that really could compete. It just doesn't feel that way this year. And they've never, I mean, you have to, I would think, you know, Johnny, I, I would go back to, you know, you, I mentioned the 05 team. They had a first round pick, a tackle named uh, Levi Brown, um, who, very good player. First round pick, I think, of the Cardinals, played a long time in the NFL. I mean, and, you know, Donovan Smith was a good tackle. I think he went in the second round, but you, you just, you know, this, this guy just seems like he's even. You know, you know, he, Levi went fairly early in the draft. This guy looks like he's more, more complete than him. So it's neat to see. Hopefully, hopefully it gets contagious the way they're recruiting offensive linemen and developing it. But if if he if he has a good year, I, I'm, I'm going to be very happy for him as well as some other players. But man, it, it's an exciting time uh, to be covering Penn State, to be a fan of Penn State, and you just want to see. Like as James Franklin said, there's 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 less questions la, la, uh, this year than he can remember for a long time. So it should be fun, Johnny. I'm looking forward to it. We'll be back next week on the Blue White Breakdown. Uh, we're gonna there's going to be a couple of availabilities, including Media Day on a Sunday. So we'll get to talk to some more players, hear from both, all the coordinators and James Franklin, and we will be back to give you some updates. But stay tuned on Penn Live. We got a lot to get to in August. It should be a lot of fun. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.